NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, I did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Does Kyle Larson have enough fuel in the tank to take it to victory lane? He's in one for the final time. He won't have to pass another car this afternoon. I don't believe he's got a huge lead right on the bottom of the racetrack. Trying to finish out a thoroughly dominant afternoon. Larson for the final time headed for three. Here he comes now off the end of the back straightaway. Won't challenge the lap traffic. All he's got to do is nurse it back to the start finish line. He's on the bottom trying to do exactly that. Kyle Larson exits turn number four checkered flag in the air and kyle larson wins the ally 400 at nashville super speedway nascar live is brought to you by wheelan engineering a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952 by xfinity x5 internet that's more than just fast xfinity proud premier partner of nascar and by blue emu maximum pain relief the official pain relief cream of the motor racing network Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we transition out of the inaugural weekend at Nashville Super Speedway for the NASCAR Cup Series. It was a triple over the weekend, and one of the winners was Ryan Priest. He took home the Rackley Roofing 200 for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Ryan's going to stop by and chat about that win from this past Friday night. Ross Chastain's also going to pay us a visit after he finished runner-up in the Ally 400 at Nashville Super Speedway. We're also going to hear for drivers as we prepare for hydration and a double at Pocono this weekend. Stay tuned for that. Speaking of Pocono Raceway, we'll be joined by the president of Pocono, Ben May. He'll join us to talk about their Pocono Organics mission coming up. Plus, we'll give you a backtracks from the Pocono Double last year and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest in NASCAR news across NASCAR Nation. Kyle? Mike, the dominance of Henrik Motorsports continued on Sunday at the Nashville Super Speedway with Kyle Larson's win in the Ally 400. Larson, who has gone much of the season without sponsorship that doesn't stem from Hendrick's car dealerships, has won the last three points races, plus the NASCAR All-Star event, and has not finished lower than second since the race at the Kansas Speedway way back on May 2nd. The lack of sponsorship hasn't slowed Larson down, and team owner Rick Hendrick says there is plenty of interest from corporate America 
to join Larson and the number five team. It's a lot of interest, and uh, but my guys don't want to take Hendrick off the car. All of the the dealerships they've got all kinds of promotions, but uh, you know, but we we want to wait for the right deal. We don't want to take a piecemeal deal because uh, I think it's worth more to me than to do that. So, um, but it's tremendous interest in, in Kyle and a lot of companies are are telling me they appreciate giving him the give me giving him the chance. Larson is second in the championship standings just 10 points behind series leader Denny Hamlin heading to a double header weekend of racing this weekend in Pocono. Kyle Busch won his 100th NASCAR Xfinity Series race over the weekend in Nashville a mark he had been aiming for for several years. Now the question toward Kyle is, will he retire from racing in NASCAR's number two series? Something he alluded to possibly happening once he reached that 100 win milestone. This might be it, two more. Yep, finish out this year. Did you hear the crowd? Nobody likes me here, so peace out, bye-bye. Those final two races for this season are next month at Road America and Atlanta, but nothing official has been announced for next season. And Indianapolis Motor Speedway is preparing for their NASCAR Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and IndyCar Series race weekend on the track's road course, August 13th, 14th, and 15th. And track president Doug Bowl says the track is expecting to operate at 100% capacity with no restrictions and should get the official word in the coming weeks. The track operated at 40% capacity for last month's Indianapolis 500, which allowed 135,000 fans onto the property. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, Ryan Priest, and later we'll visit with Ross Chastain. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. So good to be back in Nashville. The crowd on their feet now. White flag goes in the air. Ryan Priest, one more time, will take that truck to turn number one. Up on the back bumper of the Corey Roper machine. Roper gives way to the outside. Priest dives underneath him. That may be all she wrote. Ryan Priest, final time off two. He will bypass the lap traffic. He will keep Todd Gilliland at bay. And Ryan Priest off the end of the back straightaway for the final time, looking for checkers in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. Ryan Priest exits turn four. Rich Keeter puts the checkered flag in the air and Ryan Priest is going to strum a brand new Gibson guitar. Now, back to Mike Bagley. That's how it sounded Friday night on the Motor Racing Network. The NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, Rackley Roofing 200, Ryan Priest crossing the finish line and picking up the win there in Music City. It's been an up-and-down battle for Ryan throughout his career, but he's never stopped the fight to keep racing and keep his name out there. Friday night in Nashville, he won the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race, and to say he was happy is an understatement. He chatted with Kyle Ricky about that win and his future. Able to catch up with this past weekend's winner of the Rackley Roofing 200 at the National Super Speedway in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, and Ryan Priest making his first start in the series, coming with David Gilliland Racing. 
believe your first start at Nashville as well. Congratulations, Ryan. A, a great way to start the weekend for you out at Music City. Yeah, it was, wasn't it, Kyle Ricky? It was. Uh, it was honestly fantastic, and and uh, I really don't think you could you could wish for or hope for much more than we did on Friday. Um, it was really special to me to be able to win that race, uh, not only because I guess only five others had done it in their first start in the truck series, um, but a lot of a lot of my you know a lot of the team that was a lot of their first wins. Uh, I know Chad had said it was his first truck series win as a crew chief. Um, and a lot of the crew guys, it was a lot of their first wins in the truck series. So um, to be able to do that, I, there was a lot of firsts for all of us, I guess. So uh, and having Hunt Brothers Pizza and, and, and some, you know, some of them there uh, in Morton Buildings, some of the some of their people were there. So it was uh, it was just a special weekend all around. What about these trucks? did you like you adapted to them so quick obviously we talked about a moment ago this is your your first start in the truck series yeah um i think a lot of it just comes down to it's just we had a great race car we had a great truck um and it, it honestly at this level it takes the whole puzzle uh a lot I mean, as much as I'd love to say it's 110% me, it's it's not. It, it takes everybody. It takes it takes the body guy in the shop. It takes the crew chief uh, with the setup, and then it takes the driver executing. It's it's the whole package. So um, I'm just uh, really really excited and happy that I had this opportunity, and um, you know, looking forward to going to Pocono this weekend, and not only having two opportunities to go out and race with, with Kroger and Thomas's muffins, uh, you know, English muffins. I love their English muffins, man. Uh, but also having Morton buildings on the truck this weekend at Pocono. It's uh, it's three opportunities to go out there and, and hopefully uh, win. You mentioned the word opportunity. How did this opportunity come about for you with this two race deal with DGR? Um, so a lot of it was Kevin Harvick and KHI, you know, management, um, they have, uh, they have a really great partnership with Morton buildings, which I actually have a Morton building of my own. When I was, when I was looking to build a shop, Heather and I moved last year and uh, I've always wanted my own shop. I remember working out of my dad's and, and my dad, uh, growing up, we always rented, we rented shops. So when he built his, we, we kind of had to move in really quick, right. And get all our equipment in there. And we never really finished it 110%. Like, you know, I'm sure he wanted or, or I would. So building this and going through the process with Morton and, and doing everything, it was just, it was so easy the way they show the design to you. And, and, uh, it, it honestly, it came out better than I could have hoped for. So it was a lot of fun working with them. And then, uh, you know, Hunt Brothers Pizza was our main sponsor for Nashville. I, they brought us a lot of pizza on, uh, on Saturday the next day. So I, I think uh, that, was, that was really cool. So it's just awesome. What's a win uh, on Friday night do for your confidence? Uh, I think racing's a humbling sport, right? Uh, you, see, you see a lot of us drivers week in, week out when the cameras are off. There's a lot of pressure. Uh, pressure doesn't bother me, but me as a person, I, I said to Heather, my wife, and you know, Heather, um, as, as a race car driver, it affects me as a person when I don't run the way I want to run. Uh, 
you know, me as a person, I grade myself off winning and, and, you know, I just, no matter how the day, how the day goes, whether it was a good day or not, if, if you don't win, it just, it doesn't feel the same. So having, having, being able, being able to go to the victory lane and, you know, my father being there for father's day weekend, it was just, it was special in that regard, but it also gave me a feeling of, you know, it was actually Kevin, Kevin texted me, Harvick texted me afterwards and said don't ever doubt yourself you still know how to win and that's that's it's so true because as a racer you can really get you know kicked in the gut sometimes when when you just feel like man what do what do i need to do looking at your numbers um earlier today i saw a top 10 finish at daytona on the road course earlier this year top 15 at circuit of the americas in austin texas two road courses is that a skill that you've always kind of known about? Because modifieds don't really turn right a whole lot, but you've performed well on road courses, and we have a bunch coming up here before the season's over. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, so I'll give you a little story here. Is There's a go-kart track in Wallingford, Connecticut called On Track Karting, and when I was 15, I went there a lot, <clears throat> and uh, I started racing the go-karts, and it's a road course, right? Well, when I was 16, 17, 18 – where a lot of, you know, I wrestled in high school, but um, other than that in the winter, what's there to do in Connecticut, right? It's an indoor go-karting facility. So I would go there after school. I would, I worked for them actually at one point giving private lessons and also, you know, doing buckling people in and going out, being a track worker. Um, but I had so many laps just running around the road course. So I don't know if just getting all those laps, I mean, tons and tons of laps, just running a road course and a go-kart may have helped. But other than that, I, I hadn't run any road course races in my, you know, top three series ever other than, you know, a modified, you know, in uh, at Lime Rock once. So I've just enjoyed it. I think it's something that you can relate to as a short track driver where it's heartbreaking, heavy on the gas, be as aggressive as possible. Uh, I think it just really works into my wheelhouse. Thank you, Kyle. What a good story for a great guy. Hope this leads to more good news for him. Coming up, Ross Chastain. And later, we'll visit with the president of Pocono Raceway, Ben May. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Even though Kyle Larson won the race, runner-up finisher Ross Chastain felt like they won the Ally 400 in Nashville. Woody Kane chatted with Ross about the confidence this gives him and his team and what they're building towards. Ross Chastain joins us now. He drives the number 42 McDonald's Chevrolet Camaros for Chip Ganassi Racing as we head to Pocono this weekend for back-to-back doubleheader-type action. Now, Ross, before I ask you my first question, let me run through some numbers because it wasn't all that long ago that you were saying, man, we had a terrible start. But over the past several weeks, all you've done is top seven in three out of the last four you won a stage at the All-Star Open to make it to the All-Star Race and gained five spots in the standings since Talladega. What happened? What has turned around for you guys? Because it's been been night and day, it seems like. The, the biggest thing is that we didn't change anything. We stayed on the same path. Uh, we we knew what we were doing was right. It just, the results weren't there. And it's it's a humbling sport, right? You're working all week and you go and you race. And if you don't finish where you think you should or could have or you see mistakes that, you know, were made on my part or, 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 you know, the team, if we're too tight or too loose, whatever. Um, 
it's just it's humbling. So we didn't change our approach. We didn't change our preparation. And uh, we just continue to, to plug away. One of the things that you hear from drivers sometimes is we found something and we got a little bit better. But I have the impression that it's more like a dimmer switch than a light switch. It kind of slowly gets brighter. How have you experienced it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I've been hitting the switch. Just the lights have been coming on. <laughs> I've been sliding the dimmer up and down. But, oh, goodness, yes. Um, yeah, it, it takes – this stuff's hard. And this, this, this Cup Series, yeah, I've been in it, and, and I've heard people say it, but I, I didn't even believe it about myself. But, like, I am in such a different position this year, driving this 42 car for Chip Ganassi Racing, and – representing our partners and sponsors that we have and then competing at this level is all aspects of it are different and the requirements to even just compete at the minimum level uh, you know are su such a it's such a high level um, these guys they're here for a reason and trying to elevate to that is it's hard and trying to perform on track like that is hard I remember several years ago uh, it was toward the end of the season and you came onto the MRN truck, Kyle, Ricky, and I were there and I was thinking, man, I'm, I'm looking for some content for the off season. All these drivers are going to disappear. I'm not going to get them. And you were the guy you walked on board and we did one of our podcasts with you and talked about it. And at that time, I didn't know a whole lot about you. You were just starting out in your career at the national level. So I'm wondering now, what would the guy who just gave me that answer a second ago, go back and tell that kid if he could about what's coming. Well, I mean, really don't, just like I said about this year, but just don't change what you're doing. Just keep walking in those doors. I mean, as silly as it sounds, most guys won't just go walk in the MRN, MRN truck. They won't walk it, walk up to a team president or a team owner and introduce themselves or a, a crew chief, a, a car chief. Those are really the guys that I've, you know, tried to get to know and just genuinely have conversations with. Um, actually, this this weekend, um, my, after the race, um, my crew chief, Phil Surgeon was asking me, or uh, some officials had came by and just congratulated me and shook my hand and good job. And, and he, after about the fourth one did it, we're standing there in tech. And he said, how, how do you know all these officials? And I was like, well, I've been driving motorhomes and for other people and my own for years. And a lot of these officials double duty as motorhome drivers for the big wigs of NASCAR and different people. They, there's a lot of fifth wheels that get pulled around this country for, high up NASCAR officials and, and the, the real true officials that are on the boots on the ground. Um, like I was, you know, when I was coming up through the ranks, they're, they're driving these things. And so we just, you know, uh, Thursday night load in day, um, in a, in a DO lot for the motorhomes is, is where I met a lot of these people. So, um, yeah, I would just tell them, keep going, don't change. And, and if nothing else, like if you never make it to cup, it's okay. Like it's still a really good life and you're doing what you love. So, I didn't have, I mean, I knew that all along. I was like, man, if I can find a way to stay in this sport, I'm never going to work. That, that's fantastic. I mean, that's, that's the thing is longevity. If you're there, it's like a must be present to win thing for sure. Let's talk a little bit about this weekend coming up at Pocono, the double header. Uh, you didn't do this last year, but now we're in a situation where you ran the Xfinity race. We're runner up there. What are you thinking about this in terms of my gosh, the schedule is very compressed and we got to keep that same car together for both days or we're going to have to start in the back. I imagine there are a million thoughts flying through your mind and, and your teams as well. You're right. There is high risk. Um, but with the matrix of starting position anymore, if you do crash, you pretty much have to start in the back of the next race. I, I've done the double at Pocono. It was just the truck and Xfinity. 
you know, two different series, but it was still similar. We have more laps in this one, but Pocono is not exactly a, you know, it's not normally very hot there and it's not exactly physically challenging laps because you have such a long recovery time down each straightaway. So um, yeah, the cup cars are, or especially our 42 car this year, they, they do an incredible job of keeping me cool in the seat. I usually get hotter actually after the race. Um, so when I get out of the car, I'm like, Oh man, it's hot out here. I've been feel pretty good inside. Let's talk a little bit about your teammate, Kurt Busch, because I think folks who haven't had an opportunity to sit down with him don't realize that he's practically an encyclopedia. He probably knows more about these cars, has forgotten more than most people will ever know. What's it been like getting to know him and work with him this year? You are exactly right. He's forgotten more than I've ever learned. And that is, I've told him that. And it's also not fair, like him and his brother have incredible genes like they they have that just driver extra little bit built into them and i've i've told him in debriefs and just in talking to him like it's not fair man you're just good like and and he's done this so long like he he's been running in the cup series longer than i've raced in my entire life and and you started like, like when you were 12 or something. I started when I was 12 years old in 05, and he was in 01 running in the Cup Series. So, yeah, he's led laps in the Coke 600 on seven cylinders before I ever ran a car. And, like, just hearing those stories and those, like, he has, you know, race car drivers, the really good things and the really bad things we remember. And so he remembers having a shot to win the Coke 600 and losing a cylinder and, like, still leading laps down a cylinder until he had to pit. And then he can articulate his feelings, like his feeling in the car, what he feels with the right front to the left front, to the rear, to the ride quality, just like all the, the different things in the car and how he describes it in a team meeting has just opened my eyes to a vocabulary that is not natural to me. Uh, I'm a tight and loose guy and I'm, I'm going to describe the corner of the car that I'm struggling with and the one that's working the best and in the feel. Uh, but he he just can describe it in a way that a group of people can that are typing on their laptops everything they say. When he talks, they halfway through they start nodding their head. And you can sit they're typing, but they're thinking, and it's starting to click for them. And then they can go into simulation world, and they can go into their into everything we have, all of our tools to build these setups, and they can help help alleviate the problems he's having. And my my analysis of the cars are still a little little calmer and a little little more bare bones thank you woody the hustle never stops for ross chastain and it's starting to pay off coming up ben may the president of pocono raceway and later an mrn backtracks this is nascar live now back to mike bagley Welcome back to nascar live so glad you've joined us here on this week's show we're headed off to pocono this weekend and Pocono Raceway isn't just home to the tricky triangle. The track is focused on their Pocono Organics brand in recent years. And what they're doing is absolutely incredible. Our Kim Kuhn had a chance to sit down with Ben May, the president of Pocono, to discuss where the idea of producing their own organic food line came from and where they want to take it. Well, Ben, I'm really excited to talk about Pocono Organics because I was there for the groundbreaking. And it's been sure. so cool to see. Yeah, it's been so cool to see how much you guys have grown in the last few years. Um, Pocono Organics is one of the largest regenerative organic farms in North America. So for people who aren't familiar with what that means, what is a regenerative organic farm? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I totally forgot you were there for the grand opening. Thank you. It's been, uh, we're celebrating our, our year anniversary of actually having the market and cafe open. Um, so it's been, it's been quite a ride, you know, for, uh, for not only our, our racetrack family, but our, our global, you know, family of businesses here. So absolutely. Yeah. Regenerative organic farming is all about the soil, um, healthy soil, healthy people, healthy food. So the way that the low-till, no-till process of uh, utilizing the soil at Token Organics and um, really just rebuilds the earth. Uh, there's only about 60 farming cycles left before the earth is out of topsoil. Um, and interestingly enough, to date, we've generated over 16 new inches of topsoil through these farming methods on our 380 acres. So um, RodaleInstitute.com and TokenOrganics.com has some really fascinating studies, articles, uh, Woody Harrelson has a movie, Kiss the Ground, um, and all these things are just, it's, it's just a fascinating process, and, you know, healthy people, healthy planet, um, that's what we're all about, inspiring people and healing the earth with Pocono Organics. I want to dive a little deeper into the backstory of why Pocono Raceway originally wanted to bring this idea to life, because it was a very personal choice for the folks over at Pocono. Yeah, absolutely. Ashley, uh, who mentioned this is our founder. She's Doc and Rose's third oldest grandchild, and Doc and Rose, of course, being the founders of Pocono Raceway. Um, and she had uh, she had a, an ailment, a stomach problem called gastroparesis, where her, her basically her stomach couldn't uh, couldn't process and you know process foods properly, and it, and it was it was a struggle. And she's been through a lot, and through uh, through organic foods, through nutrient dense foods, and and things like that. She's she's really turned around. She had a nine pound uh, baby boy three or four years ago. Um, and it's just, you know, I keep, I feel like I say the same thing over and over about how fascinating he is, but it's, you know, a lot of it is, it's just so different and so new to all of us here. And it's not something that exists on the top of the mountain or in our area. Um, you know, I feel like the Poconos has got plenty of pizza places, right. And none that are really growing their own produce, selling it, doing farm shares. And, um, I mean, the lettuce and spring mix and encore and arugula that, that you're having over at the farm has just come right out of that greenhouse versus the stuff you buy at the store that was grown in California, shipped across the country. And you can really taste the difference between that USDA organic freshness and um, some of the neat stuff we're doing. But, you know, it's uh, really Ashley's story is fascinating. And, and for those listening to PokenOrganics.com, there's a really great piece um, on there and our YouTube channel as well, where Ashley talks about, you know, the how and the why and the what. Um, so this project will be you know, it's, it's going to be really neat to see what this looks like in five and 10 and 15 years from now from where it looks today. You have a market and cafe, obviously teams and fans can take advantage of that during race weekends, but in what ways are you also serving the local Pocono community? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, have a partnership with uh, one of the local school districts. So through a grant, they buy, uh, they buy a lot of strawberries from us um, and serve it with their summer lunch program. So that's been kind of neat to see. And, and you know, as we, as we ease into this and just make sure we're making the right moves strategically and for the community, um, that's one of the big ones we like to highlight is uh, the one with the East Strasburg School District and, and the summer lunch program. So that one's fun. Um, and then, you know, this is a tourist community, right? This is what the Poconos is all about. And uh, a lot of our community had a rough go over the past year, um, you know, with the tourists not coming and the resorts being closed. So um, we've seen just a massive amount of people just milling about, right? People love being outside. They love taking, you know, taking care of the attractions. And um, our upcoming cup race is uh, the, 
explore the Pocono Mountains 350. So we partnered with our DMO, um, which has also been a great partnership for not only the racetrack, but for the farm as well to help uh, utilize their marketing strengths to make sure people know um, about Pocono Organics, know about Pocono Raceway, and, and know everything that the Mattioli and Dowski families are doing, um, you know, to not only help our community, but also the quality of life for folks in the area. Obviously, regenerative farming is in itself a sustainable means of farming, but Pocono also practices sustainability with its 25-acre solar panel farm. Give us an idea of, of the energy that it's putting out and where that energy is going and how um, it's being used throughout the area. Yeah, the one thing we, we, get, we often get asked is, do we store it? Um, and we don't store the power. We, whatever we make, we send back to the grid. Um, it offsets all of our power use. So we don't have a power bill at Pocono Raceway. We don't have one at Pocono Organics um, and everything else we don't use goes back into the grid. Um, and the last math I saw was about a thousand acre or thousand acres, a thousand homes um, that we can help outside of our needs. And um, so that's obviously decreased a little bit since the farm uh, hopped onto the line there. But all in all, I mean, it's, you know, when, like a day like today when there's no race cars out here and it's a pretty quiet day as we, as we get ready for the doubleheader, you we're essentially off the grid. We don't have a power bill. We use well water. Um, you know, when you really break it down, we kind of don't exist, which is pretty fascinating when you think about a 380 acre farm and a 2000 acre racetrack. <laughs> well, I'm not working Pocono this weekend, unfortunately, and I'm so disappointed because... Uh... Uh, the, because the cafe menu is so good. The last time I was there, I was actually telling my producer, I think I had the farmer's hash and it was the perfect way to start a day at the track. Uh, so for folks that maybe haven't been to the cafe yet, what's your favorite thing on the menu or, or things that you recommend? All right, lately I've been into the quinoa salad. Um, my son is all about the crispy chicken sandwich because if you don't have one and you're not a part of the chicken wars, then you know, who are you really? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and then my wife who is, uh, who has celiac disease, they have a bunch of great gluten-free items. So she gets in and she does, she does the burger, no bun, the burger is the number one bestseller. Um, so you got to, uh, you know, we have a great burger picture that, uh, from the marketing side, I can't get enough of using. Um, so burger, bacon, it's all, uh, it's all good. So, you know, and then the grab and go specials, I think are great. And the fact that, um, you're going to love it when you come back next time, they've, Chef Lindsay has now gotten into making her own, uh, her own marinara sauce or Sunday sauce as, as they call it for the, uh, for the Italians there in the, in the community. And she's also doing herbs, she's doing sage, basil, and, you know, dried herbs like that. So a lot of really, really cool stuff is happening that, you know, I think I've mentioned it earlier, and I say it all the time, honestly, it's just, it's new for us, and it's exciting, not only for this racetrack, but for the community. There's, uh, the Poconos is growing. Um, it's growing, you know, from a lot of the, a lot of folks from New York and New Jersey coming our way, and um, things are changing, and uh, we're really, really happy to be a part of it. Thank you, Kim. If you're at Pocono this weekend, go check it out, the Pocono Organic Shop, on your way in to the track. Coming up, an MRN Backtracks, and later, drivers talk about preparation for the Pocono Double. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. Exactly one year ago, NASCAR experienced its first true Cup Series doubleheader at Pocono. We thought we'd look back 
at last year's second race with an MRN Backtracks to refresh your memory of what drivers were saying about what the double duty weekend would be like. Green is out. We're racing in the Pocono Mountains 350 for the NASCAR Cup Series. Austin Dillon falling back to the fifth spot. Yeah, man, how unlucky are we? Christopher Bell off of turn two and onto the short shoot. May have got the outside wall with the right rear solo car spin off of turn two. Hang on to it. Hang on to it. We're smashing the back guys back straight in. Yeah, killed. Kyle Busch, he has nosed that Eminem's mini Toyota into the safer barrier. Hard contact. One coming inside. Hey, bonus. Reckless. Lock it down. You right? Okay. Top of 53 in the tunnel. And 12 got to run. I'm going to see the replay here. Let's take a look at Ryan Blaney's car. Alex Hayden, you had a chance to look at it. Is there damage on the 12 after contact with the 18? I'd say, yeah. Very minor cosmetic damage, though. Uh, Ryan Blaney was uh, the, the driver that was racing hard with Kyle Busch. Sure, I got damage on the right front. That's a pull just, just in front of the tire. Is the tire mark? The fender feels like it has all its shape around the top of the tire behind it. It's just in front of the tire, the tire mark. I don't think it needs much, but do need to look at it. No idea what the hell he was doing. Why he was center and high, and then went back to the bottom. Trouble off turn number two, Ryan Priest gets turned around right in front of a quarter of the field and he'll nose it into the inside wall. Solo car spin. Uh, so I don't know if he got the inside wall or not. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. When Ryan Priest spun off of that tunnel turn in turn number two, started going down towards the inside wall, Bubba Wallace made a hard left turn to try to avoid it, took the car right up against the driver's side, up against the inside wall. Check up, check up, check up, check up, check up, down, 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 down. Watch it coming across, watch it coming across right here. Oh, baby! God almighty! Oh my God! I'll be back. Me too! Please give me some underwear for that one. Back at Pocono Raceway, we mentioned Joey Logano made a fuel-only stop unfortunately drove through too many pit boxes uh they say we're too many boxes on entry we need to pass through i don't think that's right my god are you serious oh double check see tire rolling out on pit road may catch a caution here jimmy johnson came to pit road and steve post it got wild down there yeah it did jimmy came in and they were doing right side tires the tire changer had the tire right the, the one they took off the car right in front of the car when jimmy went down he clipped the tire and the tire bounce out onto pit road. We are going to have to do a pass through because of an uncontrolled tire. When you want to take it, we got two laps, Cliff. We're going to take it now. It's going to be lights the whole way. Damn it. Is that confirmed on the 48, Cliff? Yes, that is us. We're going to pit this time. We're going to do lights the whole way. Drive through. Remember, Denny Hamlin and others among the top 10 still have to come to pit road one final time. Been several attempts a lot faster than him on average with traffic. We'll be bringing you third. The door looks like it's caught by the car. 
These cars average about five miles per gallon. And here's Denny Hamlin. Expect about four seconds of fuel, and that's it. This time, Lambert. This time. This time. Brakes, get your page. Brakes, page. Perfect pit entry here. Two laps to go. Kevin Harvick really liked where he stood. Right now, not so happy. How do we, so, how do we get behind the 11? Just the traffic? Yeah. Yeah. Did he just stayed out rank clean lap? Yeah, two four. Do all you can here. Danny Hamlin is beginning to disappear off into the sunset. Your P2 right now, the 19th bleep, is the pit in seven. 122 complete. The four will not get to you. Not fast enough. You're not going to turn my tires here. Just pace it. No, just go. I'm just don't make a mistake. You know what I mean? But we're good. We just got to get the 19 to pit. It was the perfect pit call that put Hamlin out front, and then Denny took it from there. Off three, final time, checkered flag waving at the start-finish line, and Denny Hamlin wins the Pocono 350. Oh, yeah, fellas. Worked easy, but got it done. Great work, DH. Way to go, DH. Way to go, team. I'm the core university you want two days and still uh, run second win one, huh? I mean, you guys are just kicking ass. Chris, you're, I mean, you're on it, dude. Way to go, man. Great job, big crew, everybody. Coming up, drivers talk the Pocono doubleheader and the preparations for it and later this week in NASCAR history. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Whelan would like to congratulate Kyle Larson and his number five Hendrick Motorsports pit crew for the win at Nashville Super Speedway. They are the Whelan pit crew of the week. Larson gave a nod to crew chief Cliff Daniels for the team's race-winning fuel strategy. Cliff's a great leader, and, and he's really good at, I feel like, communicating and keeping everybody informed and, and keeping you calm that way. I was calm and just trying to count the laps down and, and hoping that a caution wouldn't come out because my new strategy would get crazy like it did at the ends of the stages so I didn't know what the call was going to be if we, if a caution came out so just trying to but also trying to plan ahead and and stuff like that but yeah thankfully it just uh it played out like like we needed and, and we we got the win. Wheelin Engineering a global leader in the emergency warning industry trusted to perform since 1952. Now back to your host Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Back-to-back cup races in the middle of the summer is tough and drivers have to prepare days ahead in terms of hydration and physically being able to handle the races. We heard from several drivers about what they're doing to prep for this weekend's Pocono Double. With all the schedule changes NASCAR implemented to get through the pandemic, it's easy to forget that Pocono's doubleheader weekend was on the schedule before everything went sideways. This year, the folks at the Tricky Triangle are running it back, this time with fans. So how did teams approach two races in two days for the first time anyone could remember. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. says the JTG Doherty team took the opportunity to learn how to condense their normal process. Yeah, it was cool for us. Uh, you know, Pocono is a track that we've just been average at, and we had an idea going in of, of what we needed. And obviously running a race and then turn around and, and running the next day, you're able to make those adjustments that 
you feel like you needed that you normally talk about the following week in your debrief. Like, hey, if I go back next time, I want to try this or do this. And you're able to implement that, you know, overnight. And so, you know, we made the right adjustments between the two races last year and looking forward to doing that again. As long as you have good weather in Pocono, a doubleheader is a great idea. Denny Hamlin won the second race in the doubleheader last year and said proper planning and hydration was key. It's tough. Anytime, you know, we're going to run 700 miles or so, in two days, it's, it's no cakewalk, so you got to be prepared. Hamlin's crew chief, Chris Gabehart, said turning the same car around was a bigger challenge compared to other two-in-a-row events at tracks that had at least a couple of days between races. I knew we'd have to work overnight. As good as our car was, we did not just have the exact same setup. Again, trust the people in the process. We worked on it because we knew if we didn't, other teams would, and they'd close the gap. And we had a lot of damage on the car that media may not know about. We got a big hole in the nose that really messes up the air dynamics place like Pocono and had to figure out how to get that sort of patched up we didn't get it great but as good as could be and then left rear fender damage you know it's a lot so um, it's a very tough weekend and I think it's very hard on the race teams we didn't leave the racetrack till after 11 last night you drive over a half hour to the hotel and got to be back here at seven and there's a lot of work that goes on in between preparing a car that just raced 325 miles to race again for 350 miles and put a professional product on the racetrack. Hamlin and Kevin Harvick were 1-2 both days at Pocono last year, and Harvick also said he didn't sit still between the races either. Well, just to clarify that, I did absolutely nothing, um, which which is pretty typical of me. But these guys on our Bush Beer Ford did as they always do and, and worked really hard to make the car better than it was yesterday. We made a, several little changes of things that we thought we could make better and to try to make different parts of the corner better for us. And they were here late last night and early this morning, and we'll see what we got. In fact, half the top 10 was different on Sunday after adjusting what they ended up with Saturday. William Byron was among them and says he and crew chief Rudy Fugel have already been talking about how to get even better this weekend. We learned a lot in that first race that applied to the second one and we're on the right track at Pocono. We just have to kind of get a little bit better and that's honestly a place that Rudy and I have had a lot of success. So I'm not too worried about it. I feel like having two races there might be a great opportunity for us. Byron and his teammates at Hendrick Motorsports are all riding high in 2021. Defending champ Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman, who just signed a contract extension, were also among the teams who jumped into the top 10 on day two at Pocono last year. Then there's that other teammate, Kyle Larson, who just seems to be fast everywhere these days. He didn't do the Pocono double in 2020, but has all the confidence in the world rolling up to Pennsylvania this weekend. I'm obviously excited to go to any racetrack right now, but I do enjoy Pocono a lot. I think that'll be a style of track that we're really fast at, hopefully. It's three different corners, so I mean, there's that that'll make you a little bit nervous, but yeah, I've always felt like I've gotten around there pretty well, even at Ganassi, so I'm excited to get there. Coming up, we've got This Week in NASCAR History. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits for this week's NASCAR Live. But before we do, it's that time of the week again. Susie Armstrong is here with This Week in NASCAR History. Live and let die. Thanks, Mike. 1973. The British invasion hit the box office and the airwaves as Roger Moore assumed the screen persona of James Bond for the eighth chapter of the spy flick series, Live and Let Die, while Paul McCartney and company ruled the charts with the rockin' title cut. 
69 defendants faced the Watergate committee as the scandal investigation went into high gear. And the Silver Fox was on cruise control in the Irish Hills as David Pearson bested Buddy Baker in the Motor State 400 at Michigan Speedway. Pearson moves out against the wall. Baker relentlessly pursues out of the number four corner as David Pearson heads for the checkered flag. It's going to be David Pearson and a half second behind is car number 71, Buddy Baker, and a tremendous ovation from the crowd. For now, three times in a row winner, David Pearson, the great three-time Grand National Champion of NASCAR. Step by step, ooh, baby, gonna get to you, girl. 1990, the new kids on the block were on their way to triple platinum as the title track from Step by Step skipped up the charts to number one. TV Guide proclaims Arsenio Hall is the TV personality of the year as the Arsenio Hall show peaks on late night TV. Adam Sandler stepped onto the Saturday Night Live stage as a full-time cast member, and Dale Earnhardt sauntered by Ernie Irvin with five to go, winning the Miller Genuine Draft 400 at Michigan. One mile from the checkered flag, everyone continuing to run single file. They come to the end of the back straightaway, three quarters of a mile to go. It's Earnhardt, Irvin, Bodine, and Martin. Now coming through turn number four, still running single file off the corner. Earnhardt's car working well on the low side of the racetrack. He comes off turn four, swings to the outside retaining wall. Ernie Irvin will not have a chance. Dale Earnhardt wins the Miller 400 here at Michigan International Speedway. His first victory since a win back at Talladega, Alabama earlier this season. Usher Raymond IV was dominating the top two chart slots with Burn and Confessions Part 2. Controversial conspiracy flick Fahrenheit 9-11 rakes in money at the box office as the Michael Moore film opens to a record-breaking take for a documentary debut. And Ryan Newman made his first 4 appearance up front, scoring the victory in the DHL 400 at Michigan. Ryan Newman set sail down the back straightaway, one mile away. Ryan Newman headed to victory lane. He's in three, but here comes Casey Kane. Casey Kane works the high side of the banking. Can he chase down Ryan Newman and challenge for the lead? Off turn four, they come pouring back to the start-finish line. The yellow flag is out because a car is spinning in turn number two. At the start-finish line, Ryan Newman goes to victory lane after being down a lap early on this afternoon. His last victory, last October at the Kansas Speedway. He wins today at Michigan. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. Going to be a busy weekend ahead for the MRN folks. Friday night, we'll have coverage of the Arkham Menard Series. We'll have that at 6 p.m. Eastern Saturday. It'll be the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the first cup race. The trucks, 11.30 a.m. The cup race, 2 p.m. Eastern Saturday. And then Sunday, we're back at it with the NASCAR Xfinity Series at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, followed by the second cup series race at 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. Head off to MRN.com to check the broadcast schedule. That's going to put a wrap on things for this week. We'd like to thank Ryan Priest for joining us. Our thanks to Ross Chastain for joining us and Ben May of Pocono as well. And, of course, our thanks to you as well for making us a part 
of your listening plans. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. We can't wait to get to Pocono, and we hope you're there along with us. Until we speak again next week, my friends, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family-owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast, and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.